outside your window may not be great, but here on Post Show Recaps, everything is, ah, the Batman. It's the Batman. Vengeance, shadows, the night, justice. As we are talking about the Batman from director Matt Reeves, starring Robert Pattinson. Uh, Hello, everybody. I am the shadows. I'm joined here by my co-host, Vengeance. Hello. Uh, Josh, you know, I got to say off the bat. I got to say off the bat here. Because off the bat, ha! Um, oh, I got curious. it. It took me a second to yeah. figure it out. Everyone who's heard me talking about this movie was wondering what my take was going to be because I've clearly been very uh, hesitant about the film. And on our Discord, I posted my GIF review uh, for people, but I didn't want to take any questions because I wanted to save a lot of it for the podcast. And the GIF was, uh, thanks, I hate it. Yes. Uh, followed by no more questions. Yes. Um, so I can safely say inside of a minute, Kevin risking yes. all of the listeners of this podcast, just shutting it off immediately, immediately. But I can safely talk about that take right now and say that was a goddamn troll because this movie is goddamn excellent. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah this movie's amazing. This is, yeah. this is, I'm just going to say my, my take right now. This is the best Batman movie. Okay. All right. This is the best Batman movie. Kevin fired out of a cannon uh, as he is declaring the Batman to be the Batman movie. The definitive. Uh, the decisive best Batman film. Uh, I'm really excited to talk about it all. I got very excited texts from Kevin the other day when you came out of the theater shortly after I also came out of the theater. Kevin, we were supposed to watch the Batman at the same exact time on different coasts of the United States uh, for the first time. And indeed, we did. But that was my second time. Yeah, because you were a traitor. Because again, uh, hold I, close to me. <laughs> I, be- I betrayed Kevin. I went and I saw the Batman a couple of nights early with my brother who had a ticket. Uh, and then I didn't think I was going to go and see it again once I found out that I was going to see it on Thursday night. And then I like spe- I took like a few hours afterwards uh, and I was like, I think I'm probably going to see it again on Saturday because I also really, really, really enjoyed this movie. Uh, I think that that feels like uh, a bit of a prevailing take from a lot of the people who at least I engage with. Certainly some people who are definitely out here saying, oh, my gosh, so dark. Or I've also seen the take of, well, a Batman movie uh, from a couple of people who I really love and trust. Uh, so there's some people who I don't think love, love, loved this movie. Uh, that's not going to be me and Kevin. I think Kevin and I are going to be very, very, very positive in talking about the Batman, why it worked for us. Um, what about it? We really, really enjoyed maybe a thing or two that we, you know, enjoyed a little less, but I want to be very, uh, you know, uh, vague about that right now as, uh, we're just, uh, you know, we're in spoiler free territory. These are just our vibes. These are our takes on the batman uh which is um a movie that we're going to talk about in full spoilerific detail in just a little while uh so if you have not yet seen the batman this is not a safe podcast for you to listen to at a certain point uh you are going to want to check out the movie before you listen to this but you already know that i'm pretty sure uh and it's likely that you've already seen it this movie is doing really really well uh very very well for a movie in uh our times uh, I don't know the exact numbers off the top of my head. I think it was 128 million 128 opening weekend million in the U.S. Yeah. Yep, uh, and something like 250 million, some some odd uh, globally. Uh, so a big haul uh, for the Batman. The top uh, grossing opening weekend for Robert Pattinson since uh, the last time he was associated with bats uh, as a vampire. 
in the Twilight Saga. How proud of Robert Pattinson are you, by the way, Kevin? Is uh, one of the two foremost Twilight experts alongside my Severance co-host and your YA co-host, Melissa Woodward, here on the Poster Recaps Network. How how proud of uh, the erstwhile Edward Cullen are you right now? I'm that super he's having proud this moment and happy for him. One when they announced his casting, I was ecstatic because I'm just like Edward Cullen and Bruce Wayne are the same person. Um, so like all of that was fine for me. And like I know he's a really talented actor. I think the most the thing I'm most proud of though, and this is outside the realm of the movies. So this isn't a spoiler. Uh, was that when they told him that they wanted him to work out for this role, he said, no, thanks. And I <laughs> thought that was just next level amazing, yeah. you know, especially considering all the Marvel stuff and how they get people to work out and get ripped. He was just like, I'm good. Yeah. Um, My wife thought was fine. fantastic. Yeah, but he, you know, he seems like, I don't know. I don't want to get into too many spoilers. I saw his, his back. This seems yeah. like a very muscular back. He's he's, he's extremely uh, he is he's just naturally fit. Naturally fit. I mean, in oh, I hate alone, him. He's he naturally fit, shirt. and he's played Final Fantasy VII. I oh. know. Oh my yeah. god, that oh, I love that man. Anyway, uh, I'm I'm still gonna end up being as far as like choice. You know, Team Jacob. I guess I just think Jacob is better, not better for Bella, but. Robert Pattinson, goddamn, yeah. like that Robert, guy's great. Robert Pattinson for life uh, is is the take. Very happy for him. Um, I thought that he was a tremendous Batman, mesmerizing. Could not take my eyes off of Batman, probably in no small part because he was on the screen for like the entire movie. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, if if your if your take is that this is the best Batman movie. It's certainly uh, the most Batman movie, I would say, where most Batman movies uh, tend to be like a little bit about Batman, then a lot of bit about his bad guys. I felt like this movie was the Batman movie. You also uh, get Batman more than anything. Cause I think a lot of the other movies, because the actor's face is so important to either the producers, directors, or the actor themselves, they are very rarely out of the co uh, in the costume. They are yeah. more out of the costume. That is not the case here. Uh, he is in this outfit a lot. Um, yeah. And my hot take, again, I think Robert Pattinson is probably the best Batman. He's not the best Bruce Wayne, but he's probably the best Batman uh, that we've seen thus far on screen and live action. I need to clarify, because Kevin Conroy, forever and always. Do you think Ben Affleck is really sad right now? Ben Affleck think, is always really sad. Do you think, I think. That there's any part of him is like, man, that could have been me. That should have been me. You know what though? Here's what I'll. Here's what I will say for poor Ben Affleck. Um, one, he got sucked into a terrible situation. He could be more graceful about it, as always, as opposed to like kind of being like, everything is trash. I hate all of it. Why'd I do it? Um, I do think the warehouse scene still stands as one of the best Batman action moments ever committed to film. In Batman um, versus and Superman. nothing in this movie stands to that level, I don't think. But uh, I do think that, you know, he's not he's not in the ranking, sadly, uh, high up as now Pattinson is. Uh, also, uh, no poor Ben Affleck. He and Jennifer Lopez are having a renaissance. Their, their lives are fine. <laughs> poor uh, millionaire Ben Affleck. <laughs> I know, yeah. His life, his life is fine, uh, all things considered. Uh, but I, Affleck rises, though, the Damon Falls. So, indeed, you know. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Uh, but I I, uh, I loved R. Pats as Batman. I thought that he was incredibly great as Batman. I thought that uh, the surrounding cast was terrific. We'll talk about why uh, on the other side of uh of the pre-spoiler section um if you have seen the batman or if you plan on seeing the batman soon 
this is just going to be the first of a couple of Batman conversations we're going to have here on Everything is Super. Um, we are going to be doing a feedback show with a couple of special guests uh, the next time that we are going to be gathering here on Everything is Super. Um, I believe the plan is that we are going to have Posha Recaps' very own chief film correspondents, Grace and Ariel, joining us to talk about their takes on the Batman. And we'll also get into all of your feedback. So if you've got feedback for us, you've got anything you want to write in having seen the movie please do so super at postshowrecaps.com is the way to get that done that's super at postshowrecaps.com you can email us you could also tweet at us i'm at Rand howard kevin who are you on the twitters i'm at kev mahadeo so if you're ready to tweet at me about not liking this movie i guess don't do that now you can tweet at me about loving this movie uh so, yeah, at Kev Mahadeo. At Kev Mahadeo with all of your uh, only love for Batman is is what we are going to get into. I am I definitely had a moment where I was like, I don't know. I think it's going to be if Kevin comes on here with the take that he didn't like the Batman, I think I'm going to have a hard time taking it seriously. Five uh, minutes into the movie, I was probably ready to have that take. And then about like eight minutes into the movie, I was like, oh, shit, never mind. I think this is the best. That's so interesting because uh, we'll talk about it in in much greater detail in a second here but the the from the very 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 first moment of the movie it had me uh so i'm excited to talk about that moment and all the moments beyond it we will do that on the other side of let's do a commercial break here and then let's not stop down at all once we're talking about the batman stay tuned oh <laughs> See, you can sing that part. I the part that I yeah. like, the, the soundtrack, that that like that dun dun like that 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 yeah. that like I guess his theme. I've been hearing that in my head since yesterday. Mm -hmm. It's so good, especially like how they utilize it in this movie. My God. Yeah. But the but the title card came up and it was just it's the Batman. And yeah. Ave Maria is playing like, okay, Matt Reeves, I'm leaning in immediately. Uh like we're not wasting any time. We're just getting straight into it. And I don't know. For me, I thought that it was it was unrelenting for the whole film to just be on the ride uh, with Batman for the whole thing. A full on Batman movie. Robert Pattinson. How many times does he take off the mask? Not a lot. Not a lot. And it's it's really great. It's so interesting because I you know, there's a lot about this movie that I think my original thoughts are the same, but they did it in the way that still makes it good. Like. The idea that, like, yeah, that's a Batman movie. Yeah, I think that still stands. This is a Batman movie. But I think it's, like, the best version of this type of Batman movie that we're going to get. And I think it's handled excellently. Uh, I did love the Ave Maria because it threw me. The part that, like, when I was talking about those five minutes is the Riddler when he shows up and he just is violently beating that guy. I was like, Oh God, this is, this is already over the top. It's just gonna be grim dark. Right. And then they had the narration and just the idea of the narration. I was just like, Oh, thanks Frank Miller. But then the moments that it, the narrate, what he's saying really hits me and that criminals all looking towards the dark alley. I'm just like, Oh God damn. I'm, I'm really into this. And the moment you hit the crime scene, I'm just like, Oh my God, I'm so into this. This is, great I, I don't even know honestly where to start josh it's, sure. it's just there's so many levels i think the two things that i will say that made me really really love this movie on the highest level one 
we do not see the Waynes die. I goddamn love that. Oh, I yeah. love that you don't have to see that. I kept expecting a flashback, and I'm so happy that we didn't have to deal with that. Yeah, again. especially as we got deeper into the movie and you find out that like Thomas and certainly Thomas Wayne uh, and then, you know, Martha Wayne as well are so central to what the Riddler yes. is doing. It's like, oh no, we're going to get it. We've, we're gonna get like, it we, we made it, it. We made it so far and they're going to do a flashback and they did not. And they I'm added so more grateful. To those two characters than we've ever really seen in previous films. I think in a way that was really great. And the other thing ties directly to that. I love the fact that this isn't a Batman origin story this isn't even a batman year one right like this is supposed to be two years in his batman this is batman year two basically and i love that he's already establishing this world i love that he's working with the cops immediately or specifically working with jim gordon everyone knows who he is he has a rich history that they don't need to dive so much into but he feels established in a way that i think the previous movies don't really give us certainly the first keaton one did batman just exists but I really loved just how centralized the idea of just like this is already a world with Batman uh, was to the core premise of this. Uh, those are two like high level things that immediately made me love the movie. Then there's a bunch of like small stuff, like the fact that yeah. Jim Gordon keeps calling him man. I think is uh -huh, great. Yeah. I lost it the first time he yeah, did that in like, the best way. Yeah, he says it a couple uh, of times. He says like, a couple of times. We gotta go, man. Like, we gotta I, go, man. <laughs> that's your that's your bag, man. I yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. Love it. It really makes them feel like actual friends. There's so many things in this movie that works, and you know, Matt Reeves just a plus, dude. Like I already loved you because uh, Apes Together Strong, but. Wow. Right. wow! 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 Uh, wow! Uh, a lot, a lot to say in in response to to all of that. Uh, the the first thing that that I will say is I think uh, I I am I'm still processing it. I've seen it twice now. Um, you know, it's really really quick to say is this the bat best Batman movie ever? How much of this is going to be recency bias? My feeling is it's just it's really 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 super good. And like the longer I I sit on it, the more and more I like it. And even um, there are like a couple of those. Uh, I don't know how often we've talked about this on on the podcast if it's ever come up before, but I've certainly told you, Kevin, before about how much I hate in The Dark Knight when Harvey Dent shoots the guy and, and uh, the car flips over yes. and he just walks away totally unscathed uh, and sort of Chris Nolan's whole thing like, well, these are very realistic Batman movies. I'm like, no, that doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, and so there's like, a, are there a couple of those types of threads that I have, uh, I have felt like pulling on or could be pulled on with the Batman one or two that I bet you could talk me around. Um, and I think not, not many. Um, I feel like it's a really sturdy movie. Um, I don't want to talk about it so early off the top. We'll get to the, again, this is the spoiler section. I'm certainly hopeful that you're all aware that we're in the spoiler section because we're going to drop the massive spoiler. We'll certainly talk about the Joker stuff. I don't want to talk about it so early because it didn't work for me. I know it didn't work for Kevin. I think that's the first scene I would cut from the three-hour Batman movie, and it wouldn't be close. Uh, and so I look forward to talking about uh, why and all of that. But by and large, it's just such a sturdy movie. Um, but I think that... Um, what you're talking about, that it's Batman year two, and we're just getting into this movie where uh, Batman already exists in the world of this film, um, owes so much to Christopher Nolan and owes so much to Tim Burton and to Joel Schumacher and all of, and even Zack Snyder and all of these other Batman movies that have come before that I think finally uh, someone at uh, Warner at least believed in Matt Reeves enough to be like, 
all right, yeah, I buy it. I believe it that we can accept that the audience knows how Batman became Batman and we can just go. It's been years. Everyone knows who Batman is at this point. It's you insane know? to think that they need to have an origin story for this character. And I mean, it feels and it feels like I, I think another film uh, that you may not love that I'm going to say this that I think uh, deserves some credit here is frankly Joker. Uh, that I think Joker being like a smaller scale uh, superhero, quote unquote, uh, movie, uh, being something that was not just hugely profitable, but also uh, an awards magnet with Joaquin Phoenix, uh, I think made it feel probably like a little bit more of a safer bet of like, let's just bet on the filmmaker's clarity of vision. Uh, like that, like, you know, we talked about like, what are like the scary takeaways from the success of Joker or the success of Deadpool once upon a time, um, of like, what are the wrong lessons that are going to be learned from these things? I think a lesson that was like the right lesson to learn, you see it in James Gunn with Suicide Squad. You see it in James Gunn with Peacemaker. You now see it with Matt Reeves in the Batman. It's like, let's trust the filmmaker. Let's just let the filmmaker make the movie. Let's, let's get a filmmaker that we're excited about. Let them make the movie that they want to make, and hopefully that that's going to be good. And this really feels much more even than the Chris Nolan Batman movies that I think even Nolan would say uh, are the product of like some push and pull with the studio. He just came out against Ridley Scott's cut of Blade Runner uh, because he said that the original studio mandated version of Blade Runner, like that process is where you get your best movie. That could be, you know, debated back and forth endlessly. But I think that he would sign on to that statement that the Dark Knight trilogy comes in no small part due to, you know, uh, studio interference to, to a certain extent. This didn't feel like a movie that had much of any of that other than maybe the Joker stuff at the end. Uh, by and large, this felt like Matt Reeves' Batman movie and not like Matt Reeves and Warner's Batman movie. I think for sure. And I think if you're Warner Brothers at this point, you've given up. So I think that uh, that's probably why it's happened, right? Like, it's just, you're at, you're at the bottom. What, what what have you got to lose? At this point, I feel they're just like, just just whatever, whatever. Just do it and maybe it'll work, please God. Um, and I think that's that's where we are. They let James Gunn have basically carte blanche on everything. And I think they let that happen to Matt Reeves because, again, I think they have nothing to lose anymore. Um, which, you know, for all the terrible stuff from the DCEU specifically that caused it, I guess that's a benefit. I guess that's the one good thing to come out of all that. Um, but yeah, I it maybe it's recency bias. I don't know. The only movie that comes close is obviously the best Batman movie was The Dark Knight. And I think The Dark Knight is extremely successful in what it was trying to be, which is this like very, very realistic quote unquote take on Batman. I think the Batman isn't doing that i don't think batman is trying to be the most realistic take on batman i think they were just like i'm gonna do a batman movie and yes. matt reeves did and yes. that's part of the reason why i think it's the best one because we're seeing these sides of batman to, that allow him to be batman in a way that we don't always get especially again having so much batman in this the one thing if you want me to criticize about their portrayal no. of the character <laughs> is that like i wish he had more gadgets sure Sure. I'm okay. certain that will come around. That's one of the reasons why I think the warehouse scene is so good is because we're seeing a Batman utilize the gadgets and finding abilities that he has. It it's felt year awesome. two. It's year two. It's he has It doesn't seem like he's been wielding uh, Wayne Enterprises the, in the all, same right? way that yeah. the Dark Knight trilogy Bruce Wayne is. And in fact, I think that that speaks to one of the things that's so great about this movie. Uh, and I know that I'm uh, to some degree paraphrasing a take uh, from the legendary Riley, the essayist, uh, that 
so many of the other Batman movies have been about like Bruce Wayne learning how to become Batman and what it means to be Batman. And this movie is about Batman learning uh, why he needs to become Bruce Wayne. Right. Uh, that that is like the big takeaway by the end of the movie is like, uh, it's not enough to just be like punching people in the shadows. Like this whole stuff with the, um, gosh, what was it called? Uh, renewal, like the whole renewal mm-hmm. thing. Like we could have shut this shit down if I was, if I had even one eye on the ball. Um, and like the lesson being learned of like, I need to do better for the city that like uh, I have had an effect. It has not necessarily been a positive one. And now I got to do some cleanup, but it's not just like, punching things back into the shadows uh it is bringing things out into the light and i have to be the one that holds the torch uh and i think that the is he the best bruce wayne um i mean i think he's a really strong bruce wayne insofar as bruce wayne is really batman um but it doesn't exist we have not seen like robert pattinson's bruce wayne disguise because that doesn't exist in this movie Will he be able to pull that off in a future movie? I'm I'm not so sure, but also I uh, I don't want to underestimate him because I thought that he just gave uh, a really magnetic performance all throughout the movie. Maybe one of the smartest decisions ever made, Kevin, was like, no, nah, we won't do a Batman voice. Just like talk. Just talk. And I think he does have a sort of Batman Sort of. Sometimes voice, he growls a little bit. Right, but it's nothing over the top. And I think that's one of the reasons I really like him in this world as well is that you are right. And I think... That comes to the portrayal of the actor, but also the director and everyone involved. Because the, the the standing thing is that Bruce Wayne is the mask. Batman is the real person. It's a contrast to Clark in that Clark is the real person. Superman is the mask. Like that's, that's sort of that dynamic that exists between those two characters. What I love about this, though, is that it is exactly like you said. This movie and the reason I was so frustrated by the trailers is because it felt just like this like it's about batman being violent and trailers like, showed way too much again it showed a lot and yeah. i'm glad again i don't watch a lot of these things yeah. um but like what i love is that the journey of the character is about like that is not what batman needs to be batman needs to be a hero batman needs to be in the light not only the shadows and i love that that is the character journey i love that this movie is essentially setting up a batman that we haven't seen since since uh uh adam west sort of right like a batman who's sort of out there and i like that i don't mean necessarily the comic goofiness but a batman who's probably more personable who understands connections to people this is a batman that i could see that's not gonna have this like ridiculously over-the-top rivalry with Superman. I can see this Batman existing at the end of the movie, existing alongside of Superman and both having common goals and not being like, that's the problem with you, Clark. You're always in the light. And it's just like, ah, just F off with that. Um, I, it's it's sort of like a, um, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Where it's just a commentary on what Batman has been and where Batman needs to go. And I think that's great. I think so much of that works because of the love that was put in to this character journey. And I think a lot of it comes from Robert Pattinson as his portrayal of Batman, because we're yeah. seeing a Batman also who is a detective. They kept teasing it. And my pissed off thing was that they never showed it in the trailer, but man, oh man, did I love his detective work and his strategy and his thinking. The fact that he knew the answers to the riddles really well, very clever riddles as, as a whole. He was still learning, obviously. He's not the smartest man in the room, but he's That's a great moment when Riddler is like, oh, I really thought you'd be smarter. Right. It's or even so the Penguin's good. like, you don't know the difference between L and La? They're learning, right? Like, I, I think that's World's so greatest detective. <laughs> ah, yeah. yeah. But there's just so much about his portrayal that I really, really like. 
Um, and he is, it's true. He has to learn how to be Bruce Wayne because Bruce Wayne doesn't exist. And I think that's really fascinating and really interesting and a, and a really cool thing to see because so many Batman origin stories are about like how he becomes Batman. And this movie is basically like how he needs to become Bruce Wayne. It's great. It's original. And I think that there's been a lot of takes of like, say an original thing about Batman. It's like, I think that that's pretty original. Uh, and I think that it, it's a movie that really, um, I feel like it's very, it's actually a very big hearted Batman movie is another thing that I would say. He's like, yes. you know, it's, it's a big broken hearted Batman movie. This is a, he, he is, not just, you know, a year or two Batman, so he's young, but there are a lot of times, especially when he's unmasked, but even sometimes when he's masked, especially when he's around uh, Selena, who I think uh, Zoe Kravitz just absolutely obliterated. Surprising her role from Lego uh, Batman movie. Which I which I just learned relatively recently because I still haven't seen that one. Um, that that there's a, there is a real... Uh, childlike quality to this Batman of like a of a of a Batman who, as Alfred tells him at one point on his almost deathbed, of like uh, I could teach you how to fight, but you needed a father. Like no one like taught you how to feel. You've just been so wounded, uh, and I couldn't be that for you. Uh, and he is somebody who is so hurt, and I think that he wears that hurt. And there's some moments when he's just in his solitude, and the and the 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 cape and the cowl are off. Uh, and he, you, ju you just see that youthfulness on his face and that like weariness of not just the exhaustion of being awake all night, but of this fear that he talks about in that scene with Alfred, of like, uh, which is very relatable. This idea of like, I thought that I conquered all of my fears. I thought that I mastered it all. But the thing that I realized I'm still afraid of is ever going through anything like that ever again, which is so universally felt, I think. And it's I think incredible. that that's, that's the thing is... I think that this is like a, a surprisingly, maybe given like the dark vibe and tone of the movie, um, this isn't like a, a like a, a front of mind take. But I feel like this is a very empathetic Batman. Like I think that this is a Batman who, um, both in action, like when he is at the end of the movie and the first person who's being uh, airlifted out by the National Guard is so afraid to of heights of the situation and traumatized whatever it is that he like reaches up like tears tears uh streaking down his face to Batman and Batman just like secures him and pats yep. him and just like wordlessly helps him back up it's just like such an elegantly uh told moment of empathy the way that he completely in all of his interactions with Selina or at least many of them, maybe not all of them, uh, I think are, are filled with empathy of like, you've been through enough, all of this stuff. And I think that it's really rooted in his own trauma. So I think that there is, um, there is like, uh, there is a, a part of the way that he plays Batman that's obviously very, very intense and sometimes feels very, you know, rough around the edges because he is just learning the ropes. But I also think that there are ways in which it's just the most human Batman uh, that we've gotten as well in, in certainly quite a while. I was just really impressed with the portrayal, but I don't, I think that the, I, I think I will probably ultimately sign on that. I think that this is like the best Batman movie. Yes. And I think the other part of it too, is that the idea of what something, another thing original is developing an empathetic Batman is developing a Batman that feels like he'd want to form relationships, right? The, the moment with Alfred in the comics at this point, it's well established that Alfred is, is Batman's dad. Like there's a great um, short and 
boy, I wish I could get right who it was. It's either Tom King or Tom Taylor, I want to say. And if it's not, I'm so sorry for the person that I miscredit this. That's a Father's Day story. And it's basically about like, hey, Alfred's your dad. Um, and that moment with, with Alfred, I think, is, is is that, you know, they don't say like he may have been your father, you know, but he wasn't your daddy. But like that is that is that moment when they reach out to each other. And I think it's so well done. And the empathy of this Batman, the Batman who realizes the biggest thing that he needed to overcome was the idea of getting past the fear of forming friendships and relationships, because the idea of losing someone close to him is his greatest fear is unique to what we've seen on film and has given me a Batman that I honestly believe could have a Robin. The previous iterations of Batman, not even a Robin, just a Bat family. I would just not believe it because nothing about those portrayals showed me a person who would want a, you know, a, a sidekick, who would want a partner, who would want to have other people in his life. The Bat family can exist in this world and that itself is exciting because the movie does so much to show that when this trauma happens to others, to an, another young boy, like he sees it and you see the pain of that in him because he sees himself in those moments. But what I love about this and something that has been, I think, talked about in comics recently, certainly in uh, the Young Justice cartoon I love so much, is the reason that Batman takes Robin under his wing is not because he wanted like a sidekick. It's to, you know, or make someone become like him. It's to make it so that they don't is to bring Robin into the fold because he sees the direction Robin could go, the dark person he was at one point, and is just like, I don't want that to happen to you, so I'm here to help you get through it the way I have now been through it. And so I think that's so great, and they established that that can be a thing. I don't think any other Batman from Keaton to, even though he exists in that world, he's still like a full-ass adult uh, Chris O'Donnell, you know? Uh, yeah. None of those Batman, to Nolan especially, would have a Robin, I think would have a Batgirl, would have anyone else that is part of this team. Robert Pattinson and this Batman absolutely can. Yeah. Uh, I know that there's certainly some some teases for that. Uh, Bloodhaven getting uh, name, name dropped at the end of the movie. So, uh, you know, what kind of, uh, you know, uh, are we going to get uh, Dick Grayson in a sequel? Is that something that could pop up? Uh, I think that there are a lot of possible directions that this could could go. I really uh, don't want to see Robert Pattinson's Batman interacting with a Superman or anybody outside of sort of the Batman space. I think like this is such a focused uh, way of telling this story that I don't think you need that. I think if I'm running DC movie stuff, like I really am embracing like, whatever it doesn't have to all connect let's just make good stories like i don't think that this needs to be like the mcu uh equivalent of you know batman that needs to now crawl like i really hope that they're able to resist that uh because i think that there's there's so much potential here just in this gotham city uh that they can explore i think your your call out about the bat family is totally correct um I'd also, you know, uh, you know, I think that there is a world. I think Robert Pattinson was the one who was after being like, honestly, I don't know how you make a sequel to this because, like, it's such a full story and he's so, you know, it, it's so focused. They're they're obviously going to make more movies. Uh, there's just no way that I they're mean, not going to make more movies because that's how the bad things work. Way to go, and they set up No Man's Land, so like it's clearly right. like they set that those pieces up to the board. Right, right. Uh, so there's a lot that is set up. There's a lot of uh, like very clear directions for it to go in, uh, and I'm excited for all the different paths that it can go in um so a lot of talk about uh batman specifically as a character here right off the top uh let's run through some of the other characters and get some of your takes 
Um, let's talk about the Riddler uh, yes, and <laughs> who I who I have only just learned because of the Hollywood Reporter profile on him uh, that it is pronounced Paul Dano and not oh. Dano, uh, and that we and that we've all it's been like doing Zendaya. it wrong uh, for all this time. Yeah, uh, and so uh, Paul Dano, who says like, yeah, I'm finally ready to have like my mainstream crossover moment in the same breath that he's about to star in this movie where he's just screaming. <laughs> <laughs> you know like i don't know what kind of mainstream appeal you're going for here sir but you are wiling out as uh well you need a man riddler. to go to arkham right and like he needs to be a li little crazy to go to arkham i think the riddler in traditional sense of the, the hyper intelligent person he is probably wouldn't go to arkham they just put him in a regular prison so honestly I didn't hate it. <laughs> oh, I loved it. I thought it was great. Uh, I I think that it's kind of funny that I think that there's some, um, you know, some conventional wisdom uh, of like uh, going into the movie. Well, the penguin is the secondary bad guy. and You're just not going to see a ton of that. I feel like we saw the penguin at least as much as we saw, if not, uh, if not like significantly more than we saw like Paul Dano cards up straight up as as the Riddler. But when we did see him and when we did see him unmasked, he was horrifying, Kevin. Uh, and the fact that uh, I, I was trying to come up with my own riddle of like, uh, uh, where does the uh, the uh, where does the Riddler end up when it's where he's always been? And the answer was going to be incel, uh, but I couldn't <laughs> quite get there. Uh, but the fact that it's like incel Riddler, uh, is uh, is is a, I mean, is a sort of, I don't know if I agree with that take, but I'll let you finish your thought. I mean, it's like it's 4chan Riddler, it's QAnon Riddler. Uh, that is that is absolutely what they are going for with uh, the fact that there's the Riddler army at the end, and you know, his his uh, his small handful of subscribers who become like the big final physical obstacles that Batman has to go through in the movie. Um, you know, I, th I thought that it was a really interesting way to do the character, uh, and especially with like a lot of the comparisons from the uh, between this film and, and seven specifically uh, that there is like big John Doe energy to uh, to the Riddler to the point that like they weren't even sure which of his many aliases this guy actually was. Um, so, I liked it a lot. I okay. Let me let me start off by saying I I I love almost all of this. Um, I don't think he's an incel because incel is very specific to a very like specific thing. Is he closer to QAnon? Yes. Uh, I agree with that. He's a conspiracy theorist. He is certainly a anarchist, um, a more of an eat the rich type, um, which, you know, don't disagree with. But yeah, I think it's a little closer to that. I will say before I get into Riddler himself, I love the subscriber part. But I also love the fact that the ending of this movie is the bad guy is guns. Guns are the bad guy. And I love that i love that this movie that's is very like, batman guns are the villains at the end of this film because uh, here, welcome to america you know like i, I thought yeah. that was so great and it is very batman obviously i love those little pieces i mean we didn't mention this in, in our talk about batman but i love that this is a batman that's just like no guns that's not how we do this that's I your thing that, man love it i love that this batman is so adamant about not killing uh which is obviously a big thing against uh with other batmans um i think i think it's great uh but the Riddler. Let's talk about the Riddler. Oh boy, Josh. Okay, I have so complicated feelings, and this is going to be some really delving into the comics and and stuff. When I first saw what the Riddler looked like, I was very like against it because I was like, "What is this? This isn't the Riddler, right?" And 
before even going in, I was just like, what? Like, he looks more like Hush, a Batman villain, which is part of a comic recommendation I made, uh, than he does the Riddler. Partway into this movie, like less than halfway into this movie, I was just like, why didn't they make it Hush? This is just like, he is Hush. I guess they wanted the Riddles part of it. So that's why the Riddler is happening. They teased Hush. They literally said Hush on the screen. Yes. Thomas Wayne. That was the part I lost my mind because they don't say it. And I can appreciate that the fact this movie heavily implies that he is Hush. That this version of the Riddler was born Thomas Elliot and went to an orphanage, was adopted and got the different name and is now the Riddler. I love that because this movie is hush like as much as people kept being like oh the long halloween or whatever, well it is a long halloween yeah it's it's you can it's not the long halloween i'm no, sorry look. i said it's a long halloween it's it begins halloween. on halloween and yeah. ends on the day after the election but what i'm saying is like in terms of like when people talk about what this movie draws influence from they can list all other bs that they want this is Batman Hush. This is Hush. Like, it's it, for sure. Especially with the Thomas Wayne stuff. And, like, is did he do bad things? Like, is he... This is that. Um, and I think it executed it so, so well. So this version, this Riddler, is he the Riddler that I know from the comics, that I love from the comics in his own unique way? Because the Riddler's probably my second favorite Batman villain. Um, he's, he's up there for sure. You know, amongst... Mr. Freeze is probably one. Then maybe Joker and Riddler can go back and forth. But I love that version of the character. They did something different here. And the fact that they essentially fused two Batman villains, I think, is okay. And I really like how it played out. And again, I think making him so over the top and so crazy works for why he belongs in Arkham, ultimately. So all my problems about, like, how he looks and, like, what was happening is solved to me because they imply, but they don't state that this is, in fact, Thomas Elliot, which matches up in a way that I think is very clever and unique. So for, like, comic fans, I was just like, oh, this is great. This is really, really good. Um, and for non-comic readers, you didn't miss anything because you don't know it and they didn't do it in a way that you means you missed out uh, on some big clue. So I love that fact. I love that uh, they did this with this character. I love his riddles. I love the way he pieced it all together because there's the implication that he knows Batman is Bruce Wayne, like maybe, which is a Riddler thing again from Hush. Um, oh, I, I really, think- I really got the sense that he didn't, and that was the that was the thing that I really loved about uh, the the reveal on the Riddler uh, was in the same sense that he like he chastises Batman for not knowing that he's going to flood the city. And like, you didn't figure it out. You're not as smart as I thought you were. They're like, listen, like Batman holding his tongue being like, dude, I'm Bruce Wayne. Yeah. You don't know that. You don't know that. uh, I thought that there was something very similar there. And also of like the, you've really misconstrued our relationship guy uh, that I am not your friend out here uh, was uh, I, I love that. And I think that that speaks to the, to the cray cray nature of, of the Riddler that um, he is, you know, uh, uh, several screws loose short of, uh, of being an actual evil genius. Uh, you know, that he is like, uh, an, uh, you know, a, a truly insane person. Yes. And, and I think that's great, right? Like, again, why does this person belong in Arkham? Uh, he's not like as smart as he thinks he is half the time, right? Like, that's sort of the thing about the Riddler. Um, the idea of him knowing uh, Batman's Bruce Wayne, while the movie pretty much like says no, the implication in Hush, I fused these two things, but the implication in Hush is that he does know, but he won't tell anyone because what's the point of giving away the greatest riddle in the world um, if someone else can't figure it out? So like, there's those elements that they clearly, I think, drew from to like 
have that element into like does he know does he not and at the end it's sort of just like he doesn't because he thinks bad and him are on the same side and we're yeah. working together on this uh which for a moment i straight up thought he was setting batman up uh to like be like the police will think batman's a partner and i was like oh that's interesting but i'm glad they didn't because batman has to be on the run from the cops is the thing we've seen before yeah. and they did it differently the idea that again batman and gordon were our friends they're legit friends in this and yeah I can you talk that. can you talk me through uh jim gordon because I, I haven't been reading a ton of interviews yet i'm still making my way through a lot of this stuff i know that matt reeves wrote the batman with robert pattinson in mind as batman and was very concerned that robert pattinson wasn't going to be interested in doing it because he had just signed on for tenet with ironically enough christopher nolan He's like, I don't think he's going to want to do this. Uh, and then he's like, no, I'll do it. I definitely want to do it. Um, I have to feel like he wrote this movie with specific actors in mind. Like Jim Gordon and Jeffrey Wright are just like so perfectly matched together. Yes. Uh, Jeffrey Wright, who is just one of my favorite actors uh, in anything he shows up in, he's always going to be terrific. Uh, and this was really no exception. And I have to feel like when uh, writing the script for this, uh, Matt Reeves had in mind, is like, this is a Batman and Jim Gordon two-hander for much of this movie, and it's Robert Pattinson and Jeffrey Wright. Um, he got his man, uh, would be my feeling. Uh, yeah, he does. Jeffrey Wright is always fantastic. And I loved him in this role because it is a very obviously young Jim Gordon. He's not commissioner yet. He's still lieutenant. And it, it does such a good job of setting up that younger Jim and Batman relationship because the Jim Gordon, as we get older, will be a little bit different, but this is the essence of who he is. This friendship with Bruce, the way they talk to each other, I think is phenomenal. Like I said, calling him man, I think it's these little touches. The fact that they work together in solving this case is fantastic. I love, love, love the scene when Batman's uh, in the jail, basically, and all the other cops are ready to get him. And Jim like has this moment. And I was just like, Oh, is he actually going to have like, this is their breaking point. And once again, they do the curveball because you're expecting they do such a good job playing off the expectations of the previous movies, which is that Batman and he doesn't get along with anyone. Batman's grim and dark and he hates everything and everyone hates him and the world is sucks. And they, they expect you, right? They expect this moment that you're ready to be like, this is a point when him and Jim Gordon are going to not be friends. And Jim Gordon is just like, we need to get you out of here. I, it's so good. It's so good because it solidifies this relationship and friendship that these two have. And I think that's vital to the Batman mythos ultimately because Batman has to work with Jim Gordon and Jim Gordon works with him because they, these two trust each other. Jeffrey Wright in the role is so great and it's such a fantastic take on this character that is so different from, I think, any version we've seen before. The only Jim Gordon we've really seen that's been a presence is, of course, Gary Oldman, who I think also did an excellent, excellent job in that role. Like, these two, I think, understood what the Jim Gordon role is. I just think in Such this disrespect version. for Pat Hingle. Dude, he was just there to light the bat signal and like give, you know, <laughs> sure, like, yeah. A, a, a statement here. Yeah, there. yeah. Uh-huh. Um this but these two versions, I think more so even than the Nolan versions, which is again why this version is is ending up superior to me, establishes these two as a close friendship and not like a rocky allyship which ultimately, even in the Nolan films, always felt like that was the it's case. even like a sweet moment when he thinks that he's about to get publicly unmasked, that uh, Batman thinks he's about to get doxxed. Uh, <laughs> and he like, says to Jim Gordon, he's like, you're a good cop. Yeah, you're like, a good he thinks, cop. He's like, this is the last time I'm ever going to talk to you. 
it's so great it's it's just there's a lot of really really great moments in this movie yeah um there's a couple of different alliances that batman has across the movie jim gordon is a really notable one uh i i we have to talk about uh catwoman uh we have to talk about zoe kravitz as selena kyle Uh, i believe it's been posted if not in the maybe i saw it on twitter i think is actually i don't think it was in the discord i believe it was on twitter that Zoe Kravitz had like posted something from uh, I think it was the Wonderland photo shoot, and uh, both Michelle Pfeiffer and Halle Berry responded to it in the comments on Instagram. We're like, <laughs> "Yes, get it!" Uh, so like all the Catwoman are coming out in full force. Uh, Anne Hathaway could not be reached for comment, um, and uh, I love well, she's that. Not online, so. uh, it's true, fair, and great, good choice, smart choice, wise decision um the, the the respect is coming out as it should uh for zoe kravitz as catwoman because god she's so good she's really 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 good she's really 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 good in this role and i think power i would to, love to watch a catwoman movie with zoe kravitz in Bloodhaven. would actually want a gotham city sirens movie because again she is a catwoman that i think could do real well when teamed up with like poison ivy and harley quinn because i think this version of catwoman really again feels like this comic version that i've known for so long but i don't think a lot of audiences have known because this is a very different interpretation of the character she's not crazy cat lady right like michelle pfeiffer portrayed it which i think is very like a great interpretation but is very different from what the character is uh, and she's not Halle Berry, who, boy, oh boy, I don't even want to get into that. But uh, this version of the character is so close to the comics. The idea that like she walks this line between hero and villain, and she has different morals that Batman does, I think is portrayed so very, very well. It also portrays their relationship really, really well. The conflict that in- is inherent in their relationship because of how she is and how she sees the world. Uh, but also, like, why they're attracted to each other, why they're drawn together. I think it all works really, really well. And I think as a character, Selena has just done so phenomenally smart in terms of, like, what her backstory is, how she got to where she is, what she's doing, and why she's doing it. It's all there and done in a way that I think feels natural and works for who this character is. They don't over-the-top the cat parts, which I think is great. That's something we have. You have a either. lot of you have a lot of cats. You have a lot of cats. That's really um, funny. Great. It's <laughs> yeah. great. And like, yeah, I think her and him driving off in the end, the way they split on that road, I think is a plus there's just so much uh, um about yeah i i uh don't have the ability to do this and also uh it is uh uh it is not on hbo max yet i believe it's going to be uh, a 45 days after uh it was released so like a mid-april but i really hope that once it comes out and you're able to get like high quality uh footage from um from the batman onto youtube for fan video edits and stuff that someone re-edits the end of the Batman with uh, Wiz Khalifa's See You Again uh, <laughs> as Batman and Catwoman. Because yeah. I just had that in my head the whole time. The end of Fast da, 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 da. I believe it was seven. Uh, 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 yeah, it was seven. Yeah, it was, it was, it was seven, seven, it was seven. Sure. I forgot that he, sure. yeah, he died yeah. during seven. Yes, uh, but uh, that was just all that was in my head. And I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. Uh, My other take is that uh, if the Riddler is involved in the sequel to the Batman and they do not call it to the Batman, I will be disappointed. uh, To Bat-Two-Man. 
it's to the Batman. Uh, to Bat, to Man would also be uh, would be just fine. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, that ending scene of them uh, splitting apart. Batman because... three, Bloodhaven drift. Yeah, but, this is but, all. This is all. It's all coming together uh, because I do think that you know, Batman. Uh, you know, because he's 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 got all of these like repressed. Um, he had you know stunted growth of emotionally that he is still a kid in many ways, and I feel like you get the sense that this version of Batman that Selena Kyle is like the first person he's ever met. That's like kind of like made him feel a way, you know? And, and so like at a time where like maybe he's realizing like that he needs to value people more and uh, value being a person more um, that like he's going off on this mission to do it. But that means not being able to like be with the person who at least in some part played a role in him understanding that need to continue being a person, like someone who like woke that up in him to a degree. Yeah. And it, that's the thing, right? I think that's what helps make this work. It's also like a kindred spirit in that way. Like someone who, you know, has gone through pain in their life. Obviously she calls out, and I think rightfully so the difference between them. Um, but like, it's, it's this like idea that they understand each other uh, deeply. And then the conflict comes where it's just like, well, we understand each other, but our methods are going to be very different. And that's sort of where it ends up. I think I love how it ends up for her that she that the relationship doesn't fall apart because of that. Uh, she just wants to move on and like see what else is out there now that Gotham has had some bad memories for her. Um, and I like that. I like that this movie doesn't end where it's just like, well, we can never be together. I'll see you never. Uh, it's more of just like, you know, see you for now uh, because they both need to grow a little bit more as people. And I love that aspect of it. I think it's very smart. That actually leads me into another part of this thing, movie that I love, is that this movie leaves the door open in the best way possible of these characters and these character interactions continuing in a way that the others don't. The villains aren't killed off immediately. Like, the relationships aren't destroyed by the end of it. It's really only Falcone is, like, the only major villain who's killed off. And even then, right, like, he's not a part of Batman's traditional rogues gallery. Like, the idea of the rogues are here. Um, And I love that. We'll get into a little bit that a little bit more when we talk about the clown in the room. But uh, for this, I just I just really, really like that. I really like the way they set, the, set, up, set up this relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, is Catwoman Carmine Falcone's daughter in the comics? So uh, I was trying to remember this. I need to go back because we talk about how this was influenced was that, by was Batman that, Hutch. Was that a long Halloween thing? I think uh, maybe. Catwoman went in Rome. Um, uh-huh. And it's part of that uh, storyline of long Halloween um dark victory and when in rome are part yeah. of jeff Loeb and tim sales uh series and i believe that's what i'm trying to remember i because i don't think i have a copy of one in rome but uh Holi- holiday uh holiday the holiday killer uh was uh, uh falcone's son uh yes. i believe um but i don't know about catwoman uh if, if that was the case but uh I don't know. I I think that there's some people who the Catwoman storyline worked uh, less for than others. I think it worked really well for me. I think it worked great. Uh, I think it was it was thematically resonant with the movie. I think it was um, you know it it emotionally linked her and Bruce together in a really great way, and it was just powered by a really really compelling performance from from yeah. Zoe Kravitz. Also, this movie is about parents and the effect that the parents have on their kids, right? And I think you know, and how we see our parents, and so like that part does work for me. I think Selena's court, uh, story worked really well. Yeah. Um, and especially again, how it turns out that confrontation with her and Falcon at the end, I think works really, really well in terms of like how it ends up. And I like that that is not what destroyed 
their relationship. Nothing destroyed their relationship. Yeah. Where I think for so many other movies, like him stopping her, or, or you know, that would have been like, I hate you forever. How could you take that from me? This is all about heartbreak and grim and grittiness. I'll see you later. And then yeah. that's it, you know? Yeah. Uh, I can't help but notice you almost made it an hour in the movie without talking about me, guys. What are you doing? <laughs> not talking about me, boys. It's the penguin. Uh, <laughs> what? That's that's Colin Farrell stopping by real quick to do a quick penguin that's, shout. That's uh-huh. your Colin Farrell. What are you? Hey, doing? <laughs> take it easy, sweetheart. <laughs> that's a little bit better. Uh, you thought I... you think that I would moiter those people? <laughs> <laughs> He's so good at that, though. I love that. Again, I think this movie <laughs> draws from the comics so well because, like, that uh-huh. is penguin now. Like, like gone is the penguin that most people think of which has been influenced by like the Danny DeVito and the Burgess Meredith like just like rack, 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 rack. I'm a penguin rack, 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 rack. you know like that's not the case in the comics and Danny I like DeVito the forever so though well. Danny DeVito's penguin number one with a bullet uh, uh, and, yeah. and, no it cannot be touched it can I feel this way about Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman these are iconic performances we're talking about excellent performances in the Batman and and uh I would entertain uh, and perhaps even sign off on better performances, uh, but definitely not more iconic. No way. No Fair chance. enough. It's not no as chance. iconic. You are yeah. correct. It's an iconic performance given by Dan DeVito and Michelle Pfeiffer. More accurate representation of the characters is sure. these, this movie. Sure. Um, but yeah, I, I like this mobster version of Penguin. That's what he becomes. The idea of him running the Iceberg Lounge, I think it's really great. It's very odd that they chose to take handsome Colin Farrell and put him in this role and make him look like that. When this they could have just like this they could have just catch Richard Jenkins if you're just gonna make him look like Richard Jenkins, basically. This is I a just, thing that they're very doing weird. Now. Uh, you know, this is uh, Morbius himself, Jared Leto's uh, whole House of Gucci deal. Uh, like, I don't know why we're doing this. Uh, it's like, yeah. yeah, we're just gonna well, we'll we'll throw you in like some makeup and turn you into someone who you're absolutely not. Uh, That's said. Batman himself, Christian Bale, becoming Dick Cheney for right. Vice, you know, it, like it, it happens. You know, it's just, it's a strange thing that people like to do. Uh, more, but you know, I get I get it. It's the craft, right? You're disappearing into the role. The makeup is informing. Uh, you it know. truly did, though. Yes. I think for him, I Must never have. once in this movie did I think to myself, "Oh yeah, that's Colin Farrell." I think he really lost. He disappeared. He in the disappeared role. into it. Yes. 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 And was great. Uh, I love how they set up this version of the character. I'm excited to see more from this character. Um, he was utilized really well, in my opinion. Of course, him tied up and waddling out when they drove off and left in there, I thought mm-hmm. was a very funny visual gag. How he like just dragged them, I thought was great. The one thing that I do think, the only point in this movie that I, in my head, was just like. Oh, this is this is not a drag. I liked it, but I could see it being like, ah, this is the moment where I'm like, the movie's length is touched on very briefly. Is the car chase because I'm like, mm, it's an action scene. They're doing a car chase, okay. Uh, but other than that, like, never uh, have I did I feel it, which is crazy for a three hour film. But I didn't feel the length at all, except for that like that one second. Um, but I, you know, have an action scene with the penguin. Why not? This is the yeah. best you can do, unless uh- he has his umbrellas. I'm trying to find the the Twitter thread um, that uh, really got into it, but there was a great Twitter thread that was arguing why the the um, the car chase scene uh, in the Batman is really, really, really just like actually tremendous. Um, oh, and it's a great scene. It's just no, I know. I'm I I'm trying to I'm trying to find it, but like the argument basically being made was like the way that it was, you know. 
um, like the actual filmmaking behind it of like locking the camera in mm. uh, in like one angle on uh, the penguin that makes it look like he is running away. And yeah. the, the way that the camera's like locked in on in the Batmobile on Batman in pursuit, uh, like always forward, never not being forward with like just a few exceptions. Um, uh, it was a really great uh, breakdown of the scene that I'm, I'm just not able to, to pull up right away. Uh, but I, I did think that that was exciting. But I also did use it as my bathroom break on the second time watching the film. <laughs> that and the funeral scene uh, were the two where I was like, okay, That's I can I can the time now. to go. Yeah, I didn't know, so I just had to wait, um, which was fine. I made sure to go before, but near the end, I was like, oh boy. It's a three-hour um, Batman movie. Yeah, it's a three-hour movie. But again, I didn't feel it. I didn't I didn't feel it. It like, did sort of have like a Return of the King quality, though, of like, is it about to end? Wait, not I yet? See- I didn't feel that. I, I I didn't feel that at all on this one. Maybe on rewatches I will, but um, I, I also actually like that. the the car chase scene does have something that I think hits on what we were talking about a little bit earlier, and I think this is a great example of it. Um, the moment that he goes over, he hits the gas and accelerates onto the truck to use it as a ramp. Yeah. It's silly, right? Mm-hmm. But what works is that this movie establishes a world that's a little silly there is never a point the movie doesn't go so far to again do what nolan did which is like this is the real world this is a you know like this is the most realistic grounded take of batman this movie doesn't do that so when batman uses that as a ramp like he's in a fast and furious movie i was like yeah it's cool like it totally fits into the world some of the stuff that happens in the Nolan films, like if that happened in a Nolan film, I'd be like, that's ridiculous. Like, what are you doing? Because like, and certain moments does happen in the Nolan films where, where that goes down, that the movie wants to be so serious, but then it does some things like that, that you're like, but that's goofy. Um, is why I think, again, this movie is probably at the end of the day, the better one, because it knows the tone it's going with and has never not tried to be a Batman film. I guess that's the way to say it. This movie never once is not trying to be a Batman movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, very specifically a Batman uh, movie. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other things that I want to talk about before we get into the Joker specifically, because I want to stay positive before. And I'm not even going to be like, I'm not going to be barking mad about it. Um, I, I do think it's just, it's such a, there's so much visual information and uh, like uh, the amount of, um, of stuff that's laid in here where I don't feel like I'm being coddled. I don't feel like my hand is being held, but also there is so much information um, that is just being conveyed visually. Like um, early in the movie, there are multiple times where either a character, typically Batman is driving past Gotham square garden and on like the billboards in the background, they're talking about how that's where everyone's going to be on election night. Uh, And so like the fact that that's, where the movie is going to have its climactic uh, final, you know, big set piece um, is really tracked uh, throughout the film. Um, I think that the water imagery is very, very present throughout the movie. The idea that Gotham is drowning uh, is in there from the, from the jump because it's just pouring buckets throughout the movie. There's just so much rain uh, that I think that that is, is very there. Um, I made the mistake of like not really sitting down before the second viewing of really trying to chew on um, how, were there things in Riddler's plotting um, that could have pointed to the specific plan of what it is he's going to be doing here of like bombing the, the seawall and drowning Gotham. 
Um, so I didn't really look for that. I didn't know what to look for on but round Did you two. need to? Because his like the, the mystery isn't like what is yeah. what is his ultimate plan? He was never trying no, to No, like, I didn't need to. I, I was just I was I was interested and curious in it because of him telling uh Bruce that like the like you still don't see the big picture, the clues were right there the whole time. So I was like, okay, what did I miss? Um, and I didn't think to like read up on that before. But also he's a lunatic, two. right? This is this is True. this is both. This is both a negative and a positive here, right? Like we're we're gonna go to the Dark Knight because it's what people hold up as the best one. And I love the Dark Knight. I adore the Dark Knight. And there's two things. One, the Joker's ultimate plan at the end was not necessarily teased at all uh, yeah. of what he was gonna do. People are fine with that. And two, at the same time, though, people always point to that scene and and contrast to be like, oh, the Joker. How does the Joker have this plan? You know, the Joker's so organized and blah blah blah. Unreliable reliable villains, guys. Both the Riddler and his whole, like, the clues were there for a crazy person. Sure, they were. But, like, for a normal person, no. What are you talking yeah. about, you madman? Same thing with the Joker. This idea that the Joker had this, like, like oh, this intricate plan and every piece had to fall into, like, place. He's the Joker. Why are you taking this man at face value? Are you crazy? Like, he would have made up anything. He would say anything to make it sound like there's a plan because he's crazy and he's chaotic the idea that the joker had this like super duper intricate plan this whole time is a bit weird to me i think he had all idea he's like a dog chasing his tail he doesn't know what he's gonna do when he catches it he goes along with whatever is happening and he pretends it's part of a deal that's why it worked in the dark knight in my opinion and so fits the joker same thing here if the clues were there or doesn't, I don't think it really matters because the crazy face Riddler thinks it, it, it is and it does. And sure. he's unreliable. Absolutely. And so it doesn't really matter, but I was just looking for it. Yeah, no, you know? I, I get that. But I know that this is a criticism I, I have heard of people where it's just like, were the clues there? And like, what about this? And it's just like, people are just looking for things, I think, a little bit too much, like with the Joker. Sure. All right. Let's talk about it. Uh, so it was really funny. On the second time, you know, knowing what to look out for, I wasn't spoiled on it. Um but the second time, you know, knowing, okay, so uh, they're going to have, uh, gosh, I can't, I, I'm going to botch the pronunciation of his last name. Uh, Barry Keegan, uh, I'll certainly go with the, with, the, with the pronunciation of the theater goer. Uh, and so on the second time of watching the movie, uh, knowing what the scene was as it was unfurling, you know, you could hear a pin drop in the movie theater and then that scene started and somebody like behind me whispered to their seatmate before it's really revealed what's going on. This person is just like, that's Barry Keegan as the Joker. I was like, wow, you just, you just Snape killed Dumbledore Jesus. in the middle of the movie. <laughs> like, what are you doing? What a lunatic. Um, this is the one that feels like it's uh, it, it, this is the only part of the movie that took me out and took me out the second time as well uh, of like, this feels like a studio note feels like, all right, well, we got to get some Joker in here. Matt Reeves has given interviews that I have read where he really stands by it and like the need to have it. And like this being something that gives Riddler some closure uh, as well to his storyline that he's not alone, that that. Batman has been at this for a while, and so other people have been impacted by their rendezvous with Batman, and that these are origin stories for the rogues, less so for Batman. Um, I get all that. Teasing the Joker uh, for your sequel is just the lowest hanging fruit. Um, yeah. And I also think that um, it's, it's a character that has been done so well and also um so deeply by so many different actors and so badly uh, and badly by some for sure um 
But I think like having someone come on for, I guess it was two Joker scenes. There's a deleted Joker scene that someday we will see um, that takes place earlier in the movie that um, I think like if you're going to leave this one in, probably like have that in here as well, where Batman was going to go to Arca, uh, Arkham yeah. in, in his like um, his like sort of like pursuit of profiling the Riddler, that he was going to go and see uh, this guy who he had like previously gotten locked up in Arkham, which would have been this proto Joker. Um, like if you're going to have him in here at all, like at least give him a story. I think um, this felt a little like Samuel L. Jackson. I want to talk to you about the Avengers initiative. And I loved how little of that existed in this movie. And I also do think like, this is a character that like, let the actor have a lot of time to figure out what they're trying to do. And instead this very important character in the Batman mythos, it feels like you're kind of just like shooting off and, and uh, like just like having in there to have in there as opposed to like, treating it with sort of the delicacy that I think that if you're going into the Joker waters, like don't go in lightly. This felt like going in lightly in a way that will be hard to disconnect from. And also just like sets up some, some lofty expectations for the sequel that I don't think that we really needed. So I didn't love it. I don't think it's a hideous mistake. I don't think it's like a movie breaking thing for me. It really didn't work. But so much else, basically the rest of the movie really, really, really works. Uh, I'm in general agreement. It really pulled me out of it. I didn't love it at all. Uh, it just felt like, yeah, like you said, just like a studio note to be like, well, we got to set up the Joker. Um, and like at this point, too, I'm just tired of the Joker. Like he's just overdone, overused. Um, and so like it really just pulls you out, right? Like it's just like you the entire time they're doing this and while i never say it you a viewer is just like okay that's the joker i i know that's the joker that's the joker it's the it's the joker we get it. it's the joker um and so like that was a bit just not i i didn't like it it, it didn't fit in the movie i would have rather not have this scene than have both scenes for certain if there is another scene um so like there's some major issues with it it's just it doesn't work. It felt like you said Samuel Jackson, but in the worst way possible because that was a post-credit scene. Um, it this feels like the worst version of what it could be. This feels like what's his face? Um, uh, uh, God, what is Jor-El's actor's name? I can't believe I'm blanking. Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. This feels like Russell Crowe in the Mummy. We were just like, oh, you're setting up the Dark Universe. Right. Cool. Right. Um, right. It doesn't feel great. That said, afterwards. Uh, I heard, and I didn't read these interviews, um, but my fiance was telling me that Matt Reeves has stated that, like you said, this is about the idea of the rogues because he wants to establish that Joker's already there. A lot of the rogues that we consider could already exist in this world. And there's some, do... there's some Easter eggs for him throughout yeah. the movie, like all the cards that Riddler is sending. Uh, there's a Hugo Strange uh, right. illustration. Poison Ivy is there. I think there's an owl. There's uh, a lot, right? Yeah. There's a lot here that hints to it. And I love that because it's establishing, again, a Batman world that is, well, I guess established. Um, and I, I like that idea. Uh, I also love the implication of the dialogue he said, because that's something also different. This idea of just like a friend. We haven't seen this in modern day Batman since 1980. We, none of the Batmans have done this uh, in the idea of establishing the rogues gallery as a group. And that will interact with each other in this kind of way to a scale that's high. Again, all my callbacks that I'm loving 
is that this would be like the Adam West stuff. The idea that the rogues interact with each other. Now they all die off one by one. They don't have to be silly and goofy, but the idea of them working together, the idea of the rogues as a team, we haven't gotten. We haven't seen. Again, the Batman animated series, which is the epitome of all Batman things, has done it and done it extremely well. But we haven't really gotten it. So the idea that the next movie, which could be No Man's Land, could be setting up the idea of these different rogues and them all working together, I think is a goddamn plus. I think what would have worked better is not doing the Joker. Just do that scene and have it be someone else. Have it be Victor. Have it be, you know, Bane. Like any any other villain, I think, having Calendar that conversation. Man. Calendar Man, even. Honestly, yes. Just Zaz, whoever. Just I establish the idea that the rogues exist, but don't need to Joker because the Joker is such a low-hanging fruit. And also, again, positive and negative, the Joker we all know, the Joker that has been around for, at this point, good lord, like 40 years, doesn't play well with others. The Joker that we have seen in the comics does not join a team. This is a lone lunatic who is too unpredictable to have with your group. Again, the old Joker from 66 from the comics of the time period would be in a group. You know, Cesar Romero's Joker would have obviously be in a group because it's a different take of the Joker. So the idea that we might be getting a different take again, one that harkens back to a version we haven't seen, is also exciting. But the way it was laid here, because it was the Joker, it really just doesn't yeah. work for the scene. It ruined the moment for me, uh, but does not ruin the film at all. Yeah, uh, I th I think that that's all well said. I think Joker's just so charged, so like, mm -hmm. don't do that lightly. And it's it like the Green Goblin, right? Like, I, what I loved about the the Home series, the Home trilogy, yeah. whatever you want to call it, is that they held back for two movies from right. doing the Green Goblin, who was just the Spider-Man villain right. that they always did at the time. You know, right? I feel I do feel to a large degree. Um, that this could and should have been excised from the movie and nothing is impacted for the worse by not having like a final Riddler moment because the final Riddler moment had already happened. Like it, it mattered so much less for uh, Paul Dano's Riddler to have closure than the idea of the Riddler having closure. And the idea of the Riddler having closure is when uh, Batman unmasks the Riddler who he was about to beat into the, into the catwalk uh, and discovers that he's the like the disenchanted Gothamite mm -hmm. from earlier in the movie, uh, and, and saying I'm vengeance. Like that was the end of the Riddler story. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think that you needed this scene. It feels like a deleted scene. Uh, I think Matt Reeves has said that they tried versions without it. I think that that should have been how it was, but it's not, and it's fine. I think it's the scene in the movie that I would take out first. Um, but it is also not going to, uh, you know ruin anything and who knows like maybe like the sequel is going to bring joker in in a way that is really awesome and in like two years three years from now also they or should have just cast barry keegan like an actor they actually cast this looks like we're we're in we already know there's not going to be that's the other thing that i can appreciate is that there's not going to be any speculations they're not going to be all this nonsense i guess no, we, we, we did it it's done i guess it happened. i guess uh you know and he's he's a good actor and all like i just i feel like um i don't know it's just, it's an unenviable job and i i feel like it it felt it felt rushed um that's like my only yeah complaint about that's the it. movie <laughs>
Well, that and I guess gadgets, right? But that that's like a nothing complaint. For no, because it doesn't really make it doesn't really matter. Like with with the Batman that we have and the Batman, like he doesn't he's not gonna have all the gadgets yet. So yeah, uh, and Nolan barely used gadgets. He used a lot of like crazy technology. Like Nolan yeah. was more like, oh, he's James Bond slash Ethan Hunt. And he I'm had like, gadgets. Sure. He had the yeah. the contact lenses. He yes. had uh, like the like the vial of uh, adrenaline. Uh, adrenaline. You know, like he had st- he had his his. Uh, the bat insignia is mm-hmm. his batarang, like his battle knife. You yeah. know, there was there his. You know, he's got the grappling gun. He's got the wrist mounted stuff. Uh, he has the the bat wing suit when he's fly. I yes. think he had, Oh, that scene was so awesome. <laughs> I think he, I think he had gadgets. I, I think I think he had gadgets. But there's um, but there's like then that's the thing again. But like, I also love Kevin that they didn't like have to like. This is where he got his gadgets from. Right. Like, but that's but he that's that, two that's years in. that's where I feel like we have to we have to give a lot of respect and pay props properly to hey. the Dark Knight trilogy uh, and and Nolan and all of the Batman that came before that I think made it possible for people in charge of making decisions to be like yeah all right you've convinced me everyone knows what Batman's about we could just have we could just start eight minutes into the movie with Batman yeah I think well yes all of that but I also Look, it Spider-Man. Honestly, like as much as we want to give credit to the previous stuff, Spider-Man. Because more than anything else, I think that the fact that Marvel did it, that Marvel was confident enough to be like, you don't need to, it's fine. And just like, here's Spider-Man. You know it. Like, there's less Spider-Man movies than there are Batman movies. You know who this guy is. And everyone was like ecstatic. I think that more than anything else is reason. Because you could go blue in the face and be like, but there's so many other movies. But they'll still be like, but what if someone doesn't know? And it's just like, Spider-Man did it. And they made billions. And you're just like, fair enough. Money. And so they went with it. Yeah. Yeah. The Batman, folks. Um, we're going to be doing a feedback show next week. We'll, we'll have uh, Grace and Ariel with us as well. Uh, we will, uh, I'm sure, have a lot of really fun conversations around that. Maybe play a game or two could be fun. Kevin, uh, as the Batman coverage, I think uh, it demands a second week. So we will give you that second week of the Batman coverage here on Everything is Super. Make sure you're writing in for that. Super at postshowrecaps.com is the way. I'm at Rand Howard. Kevin is at Kev Mahadeo. You could also talk to us in the Post Show Recaps Patron Discord if you sign up for our patron program here, patreon.com slash postshowrecaps. Sign up at any level uh, and you get at least a little bit of access to the Discord. Sign up beyond that first $5 level. You get full Discord access and you can hang out with us and talk with us about all things Batman uh, and otherwise, uh, you can also get access to patron exclusive podcasts such as Why A, where once upon a long time, Kevin, you and Melissa talked all about Robert Pattinson uh, in his Twilight days of Twilight. <laughs> yeah, uh, Why A started off with us talking about Twilight, and did I say Why A or Why Twilight? Who knows? Uh, but it started You're off. Per- yeah, Twilight. and you're currently talking about Harry Potter, and That's you're not right. terribly far away from talking about Robert not Pattinson again. We're about to be talking about Robert Pattinson again. We did Prisoner of Azkaban. That just came out. We're going to be doing our feedback show on Prisoner of Azkaban, where we'll have a guest on to talk with us about their Harry Potter experiences. And then uh, right after that, Goblet of Fire, which does feature Robert Pattinson as Cedric Diggory. Uh, that's gonna be a really fun one to get into um the prisoner of azkaban one i think was a great discussion because that is considered by many their favorite but it is a divisive film especially with us we can't i, I came in remembering loving it and i finished it and was just like oh this isn't as good as remember 
Brooklyn Zed, who is uh, with Melissa and us for the duration of all Harry Potter. They covers. really didn't like the movie. They really didn't like it. And I thought that was such a great combo to talk about all that stuff. It's been it's honestly been a blast. Like uh, there's so much discussions going on about the, the film, about the books, about the other stuff in the world. You know, uh, we are very adamant on there about our stances against J.K. Rowling and her terrible takes on everything. Yep. Um, and, you know, we don't shy away from that. We had an amazing uh, discussion at, uh, ahead of our feedback episode for Chamber of Secrets, where we all talked openly about it, uh, Brooklyn Zed especially. Um, and it's just been it's been really great. And I uh, we also call out charities. Um, Melissa pulls together charities. Our guests pull together a charity to donate to, as well as other authors to check out. Um, so it's been it's been in a really just fun but also amazing experience, like delving back into this world and trying to do it in the right way. Yeah. Uh, you also, if you get a patron exclusive podcast, you get the extra episode of Everything Is Super, where Kevin and I uh, go off uh, typically about X Men. Though we uh, may be uh, plotting a little bit of a, of a change in direction, at least for the short term. There's no extra podcast this week, but I think that we will be coming back uh, very soon with some stuff that you're not going to want to miss. Uh, I think that you'll want to get involved in uh, what we've got going on on the extra podcast, which we make free to listen to on Patreon.com. You do not have to be a patron of Post Show Recaps in order to listen to the extra podcast. You just have to listen to it on a website which is kind of inconvenient, but you can do it. Uh, so go to patreon.com slash post recaps. You can go back into the archives. We have, uh, we have finished season one of uh, the X-Men animated series, which was the first thing that we talked about uh, on the extra podcast. And uh, we will continue talking about X-Men, but I think we're going to take a quick, uh, maybe not super quick, actually. Uh, so the, the substantial detour uh, that I'm, I'm really excited about. I think it's going to be uh, very, very fun. Uh, and has been uh, requested uh, in the past. And I think that uh, that, is, that is where I will leave the tease. So much more happening on Posture Recaps. Uh, make sure you've subscribed, rated, and reviewed the Everything is Super feed, all the other shows that you are enjoying on here as well. And get your feedback in for the next Batman show, super at postshowrecaps.com. Kevin, anything else? Uh, no, I just, you know, I, I love the fact that, uh, I went in with such lowered expectations as well. Made me love the movie even more probably. Totally. Um, and like, I still stand that the marketing sucked. I hated every piece <laughs> of marketing. Um, sure. but, uh, I, I said multiple times I had faith in the director and I had faith in the creative team and the actors behind it. And they really paid that off because, uh, I was thrilled with this movie. I was shocked by how good it was. I definitely still stand by recency bias or not i don't think it, it's probably the best batman movie because it is i think unabashedly batman um it's very yeah, batman I, i'm really thrilled with it uh, it is it is the most batman it's the I most batman it's the hottest batman movie uh my gosh Oof. yeah steamy very steamy uh the chemistry Andy circus we didn't even my talk God. about how steamy Andy <laughs> so <Circus>. steamy yeah <laughs> i enjoyed that andy circus at one point as alfred is like yeah i'm just thinking back to my days in the circus yeah because uh, i'm andy circus <laughs> uh yeah andy circus is alfred uh did you like him yeah yeah, yeah for sure great yeah. um I, I i like that you know a good luck like, charm for matt reeves it's like yeah well, you gotta you gotta be in my batman movie yeah i mean come on like he he is his planet of the apes movies yeah. <laughs> um so like i i really like that i like their relationship a lot too and i'm 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 just honestly i i hope robert you're pattinson not my dad alfred you're not my dad yeah uh i hope robert pattinson continues with it i hope they do a sequel and they do 
with the same love, care, and attention that they gave this. Uh, I hope the studio stays the F out of it and yeah. just lets them do their thing. Uh, we should do some fan casting for the sequel next time. Ooh, I want to kick it off with uh, Kristen Stewart as anyone. I mean, I once said that Kristen Stewart, uh, I had a whole thing about the Justice League played by <laughs> different people. I think she was a Flash. Um, but like Kristen Give Stewart, us a Twilight reunion, you cowards. Yeah, I know, right? Let's do it. Let's go all the way. Um, Kristen Stewart as anyone is fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with that. Uh, all right, we'll do some fan casting. We'll do feedback. We'll get Ariel and Grace's takes next week. Super at PosterRecaps.com to get your feedback in. We'll be back in just a week talking more Batman. Until then, everybody take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.